Okay. Um. Ah. <laughs> uh, hi, John. How's it going? Do you listen to uh, your daily Lex? No. Speaking of Lex, who we're going to talk about in a little bit, uh, are you familiar with your daily Lex? Do you know what it is? Um. See, you're putting me in an awkward position. No. I don't. You're going to make me feel bad. You're going to make me feel like a bad friend. No, it's fine. It's I mean, we're, we're, uh, we're acquainted. I mean, we're not tight. We've yeah. had phone calls and stuff. But you you're, you're, you're a friend in mine, Lex Friedman. No, not the one you're thinking of. Unless you're thinking of this one, in which case, yes, it is the one you're thinking of. Uh, has oh a God. podcast called Your Daily Lex that he started years and years ago. Where he was going to do a, a podcast episode each day, like the title says, but then he totally didn't do it every day. And eventually he took a few years off. And anyway, it's back and it's almost kind of sort of daily now. Um, and, but one of the things he is trying to do, he, which he declared in one of the episodes was to stop making one of those pause thinking noises. And I, the reason I thought of it is because depending on whether or not it gets edited into this episode, you started off the regular portion of the show making one of those thinking noises. Lex has a particular <laughs> thinking noise that he doesn't want to make. <laughs> so he's working to not make it anymore. And, but he's, um, he's, he's aware of it as a, as a tick. Yeah, but like everybody makes that noise. You need to make that noise. Otherwise, we just end up saying the letter M like Irish people and we sound yes. insane. So I don't I, I don't know what sound I made, but you, you just are. Did, uh, um, you know, just the normal one. He, he does it like he has a more kind of his the voice is very deep and he kind of goes like, uh, I don't know. I can't do it. It's kind of very, very vocal. Fry-y oh, you know, of. Matt Howie has a noise like that that I like a lot. You have a noise like that. Um, when you're looking something up, you go, uh, you sound kind of like yes. Tina Belcher. Yep, yep, exactly. Yeah, yeah, kind of like I'm. I'm being. Uh, well, I, I like mean, it. speaking of speaking of noises, speaking of podcasts, hosts that have noises. I just noises, want to say so I like you, it because it makes you sound vulnerable. Go ahead. Yeah, well, you've got you got Roderick blowing his nose and coughing, and then of course you have Alex making all sorts of noises mm. over that. That's half your show. Well, I mean, that's a it's a content uh, law. You know, it's like with Canada. When mm-hmm. you do a show with Alex, there has to be mouth noises. I'm pretty sure 2023 is going to be the year we finally quit messing around and really do bring back funny voices because vo- mm. f- funny voices are funny you've been doing them fine mouth no- don't say mouth noise though speaking of your daily likes because lex has so you know, your daily likes is like five minutes long three minutes long six yeah. minutes long it's like that kind of range which when you go into that and go like i'm gonna record a podcast every day it's only gonna be three minutes it's like that first toyota problem of like boy it there's still there's still a diminished amount <laughs> diminished amount of effort to getting every single one of those up even if it's three minutes yeah, I and mean, he's not, you know, he takes time off or days off when he wants to. But uh, it was like, I'm going to get rid of the uh noise or whatever. But in every like episode, no matter how short it is, there is just this, the, one of the main characters in the program is Lex's mouth noise. He does a kind of, I don't know, I can't do, I can't do his mouth noise. Like a, like a misophonia smacky noise or something? Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what that means, but yes, that. Misophonia is, uh, you're not caught up on Do By Friday. Um, mm-hmm. Misophonia is, that, is, the, is the name for that condition where one is very troubled by the noises. By mouth. Yeah, mouth. Well, I don't know if it's always people. mouth, but I think that's probably the best known one where why mm-hmm. is it that I could be somewhere, I, this is probably the color of my crystal, but why is it that back in my office, uh, my dot-com job, th- there could be a thousand different noises going on, but when the marketing guy was either like on the phone or like eating a salad or something. It mm-hmm. always drove me particular. I, I couldn't not hear it. Yeah, this is just a normal sort of like mouth noise of your mouth being close to a microphone that I'm sure we all put into all of our podcasts. But he, since he doesn't really edit it much, 
always at least once per episode, there's a mega mouth noise, like real up close to the microphone. And it's amazing. I would like you to workshop being able to perform that for me at some juncture. I, you know, I don't think I can pull it off. Okay. I don't want it because I don't want to do it like I'm making fun of it because I don't dislike it because I thought when he was saying, oh, I'm going to change something about the show. I'm going to change this thing I do. I'm like, oh no, you're going to get rid of the mouth noise. Don't get rid of the mouth noise. Keep that in. But no, he wasn't even talking about that. He was talking about the uh noise, which I also find completely inoffensive. Like I don't think either one of these things should be removed there. That's half the show is the mouth noises and him saying, oh, so I don't, I don't agree well, with the effort to try to get rid of it. I mean, uh, this is this is going to end up being perhaps unintentionally about me, but I really mean it to be more broadly about entertainment in general and and podcasts in particular. Is that like I, I understand the idea? Like like I don't like a a bit that's too much of a bit, but I have to say like I like the quirks and I like the bits. And this came up when we were you know. <laughs> when we were, you know, we watch a lot of Survivor. We go back and, you know, watch old seasons. We've been watching the wonderful Mike White uh, season uh, of, of Survivor. And, uh, you know, it's comfort food. I think the producers of that show understand that Jeff saying something so very close to exactly the same thing at the same point throughout the episode, come on in, guys, which is now come on in, which I think was an error. Um, um, or, you know, want to know what you're playing for? Um, draw for spots. Did you, you know. see he changed it up this season? I was a little upset. Well, by that. he ha- well, it was really lame. He did. He, I okay. I hate to sound like Ron DeSantis, comma, but like he did this little survey at the top of the last season. No, no, not not that. Not that. I know what you're talking about. That's the, but this season. Not setting aside all that. This season, he did. He had a thing where he was doing one of his normal spiels. And he allowed like the contestants to interrupt him and he changed what he said. And it wasn't for any side of like, let's try to be more inclusive. It was just literally he just changed it arbitrarily. He allowed like. Do you remember what? Like which, 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 which of his bits? I think it was like, you know, in this game, fire is your life when your fire is gone. So, you know, that whole grab, spiel. Grab, you grab, grab a torch and dip it in the fire, in the flame, because in this game. Fire represents life. And he also, fire represents that, your life when your yes. fire gun's or your son, whatever. That, that fire whole thing. in the form of flint. Yeah. 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 <laughs> whatever. He he needs to just say that every season. And this season, he like stopped in the middle and did a little shucking and driving with one of the contestants and then continued. I'm like, no, no like your no, whole no, job no, no. is there to be. It's like it's like stopping in the middle of the Our Father and just doing a little riff on, you know, airline peanuts and then going back to it. I agree. But, you know, I mean, just to state the obvious and potentially crush the bunny, like, I think that's fun. And I, I like making them and eating them. Like I, I enjoy having bits and I enjoy hearing bits and doing bits. And, you know, I just, I enjoy bits, uh, you know, I don't want it to be too much, but like, I was thinking about this, uh, well, again, survivor, like it's just, it's comfort food in so many ways. Um, uh, but, but the other, uh, you know, another are one, you, are you caught up on survivor? By the way? I don't remember. I think the current season, there's just one, just the finale is left. So that's so if you haven't seen everything up to, but not including the finale. Oh, you know what? Yeah, yeah, I was caught up and I and I fell off. You should keep watching because the episode right before the finale has some good Survivor gameplay in it. I think you will enjoy it. I love. See, that's the thing. That's what I love. And Billy and I both are like, like you know what? I like when they give them food. I like when they give them shelter. I I don't think this is a show about watching people lose fifteen pounds. I think, you know, and, but my, my big bitch, if I have one, 
is that like I understand there's economies of scale in in buying property in Fiji, but I feel like it's feel like it's led to a certain kind of sameness and challenges where like you gotta go do some kind of an obstacle course, you gotta lower a bag or throw a bag, you gotta like get your puzzle pieces, working on his puzzle, like all, you know, and like you go back and watch some of the, not even like the ancient seasons where they, you know, but like, you know, I do mainly come to that show, I think for the, like, you know, this, this, the strategy stuff. And like I was saying at mad last night, like I, I'm really into when somebody does something that isn't just about surviving tonight, but they're laying the groundwork for something larger whether that's like giving your, you know, your uh, reward to somebody or whatever. But, you know, it, it, that is that is a comfort kind of show. And like, I can understand why people might find things like that samey or like, you know, but like there's a reason that stuff like Discovery or Bravo exist. Well, it used to be for science and culture, <laughs> respectively. But now it's about reality shows and sameness and like people just have HGTV on in the back, like the, the, the property boys or whatever will just be running in the background. I think people like that law and order, like whatever it is. I think there is something to be said for that kind of comfort food. And like, I, I'm, I'm a fan of the, of that kind of stuff. And, you know, I'm not saying you're never allowed to, to change it or do something new, but like, you know, dance with the one who brung you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And like tying that back to your daily Lex, like the, the, uh, you know, one of the things you enjoy in Survivor is just seeing the humanity of the people there. That's the whole point of your daily Lex. If he's going to change the way he speaks, take out his mouth sounds or try not to, um, like that's like, he's not doing those things as bits. It's just, that's just who he is. And when you Mm -hmm. put him in front of a microphone, those are the noises he makes. And if you remove that, then like, what's the point of the show? And the same thing with the survivor, seeing all the people doing all the things that the people would do. Like that's reality television. You want to see the humanity of those people, seeing them be how they are. Uh, you know, there's less annoying people now. I think finally people are getting enough of a clue or maybe the casting directors have changed to say, look, you're going to be on TV. Try to think for five minutes before you audition. Will I look good on TV or will it just reveal what a tool I am? <laughs> right. And or, or it's probably actually that's probably not what it is, because probably people those people still audition for the show. But lately well, they, they always bring in dingalings like this. The season with uh, the one we're watching, it's it's uh, it's called Worlds Apart. You know, in this time, mm-hmm. seriously, the game has changed. This is not game changers, but seriously, the game has really changed in season whatever it is. And they they feel the need to keep reminding you of that and like how the game has changed and all those kinds of things. But it's it's a uh, blue collar, white collar, no collar. Mm-hmm. And boy, there's some, there's some really good dinglings in this one. Yeah, there's a lot of that's what I'm saying. I think the casting they're shoot like this season, not a lot of dinglings. Some good gameplay towards the end, a little bit of boring part in the middle. But this season, yeah. this current season, Survivor, right? like maybe the last the last two episodes before the finale there's some actual good gameplay. And up to that, there's a lot of people, it's a lot of people who know how to play being competent at it, which is not super exciting, but there's not as many dinglings, like obvious, super annoying people that you just can't stand. They're just not, they're not picking them. Maybe they'll change it up next season. But you don't feel like that adds something though? Like, I mean- Oh, it adds something for sure. It's just that I feel like the the show needs to sort of ebb and flow. There's, because there was a thick dingling period in there where there was just like (laughs) every- Every season just had just so many ridiculous characters that you couldn't even take seriously. And it's good to sort of swing back in the other direction to get some competent, smart players for a little bit. Yeah, this 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 season has, um, well, one of the greatest dinglings of all time, Vince. And Vince, it is agreed in our house that he is the source of, I think, arguably the greatest survivor quote of all time. As a coconut vendor, I seek truth. Mm-hmm. We also get the guy that, well, the African-American guy um, whose job, according to the lower third, is YouTube sensation. 
Doesn't this season have a pet cremation specialist? Yes. It's that guy, the entrepreneur guy. Um, yes, who who's killing it. And that guy, killing it. I forget his name. Is he a, maybe a um, LDS guy, I feel like. He, um, but they get a lot of Mormons on there. Mm-hmm. He, um, but he, yeah, he's the pet cremation entrepreneur. But you know, the best one, the best lower third is that guy with the faux hawk, heart valve specialist. I see yeah. call. Yeah. He's the closest thing you have to a character. All right, we we need to move on because we got a lot of follow up to get to. We will, we will, we will. But you know, you don't, you don't, you don't like when they bring back Coach just because he's such a dangling. No, I don't like Coach. So yeah, and this this no color blue collar worlds part one. We also get this is we're gonna eventually get to my my in my opinion one of the greatest reunions ever, which is where they take Dan the postman to task for being such a piece of crap, and Rodney's out there having to wash dishes on his birthday. <laughs> my shirt says Boston. This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you by Squarespace. You can learn more about Squarespace right now by visiting squarespace.com slash diffs. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. You can stand out with a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything, whether that's your products, your services, even the very content that you create. Squarespace has got you covered. With Squarespace, you can use insights to grow your business. So if you ever wondered where your site visits and sales are coming from and which channels are most effective, you can analyze all of that inside of Squarespace. And then once you have that data, you know, you can improve your website and build a marketing strategy based on your top keywords or most popular products and content. Of course, you can sell your products right inside your very own online store. Whether you sell physical or digital products, Squarespace has the tools that you need to start selling online. Uh, you know, here's one that's great. You know, uh, you can get started with best-in-class website template. You know what I'm saying? It's a be- You're going to have a beautiful website. Customize it uh, however you want. But the thing is, uh, your stuff is going to look beautiful. But think about making your stuff. Uh, let, let Squarespace do all the heavy lifting of, of making it beautiful, you know, with a world-class uh, template. You get all of that. You can blog, SEO tools. It's all in there, you guys. I'm a big fan of Squarespace. I have been using them for years, uh, including it's uh, the home of the Roderick on the Line podcast. Um, and uh, Squarespace has been great to me, um, not just as a uh, person who makes stuff, but, you know, as somebody who needs a place to put their stuff online. They can just have that. That's free. So right now, what I'd love for you to do is go to squarespace.com slash diffs. That's the AFFS. That's going to get you a free trial with new credit card required when you're ready to launch use our extremely special offer code diffs that's d-i-f-f-s because that's going to save you 10 percent off your first purchase of a website or a domain uh once again at squarespace.com slash diffs uh when you sign up use our code diffs uh for 10 percent off your first purchase it'll show your support uh for for john syracusa you know it's uh you know it's it's that crazy tumultuous time of year you know it's a new year of unemployment for john so if you could help a little guy out uh, I, I imagine well at least his family would appreciate it he'd never say so our thanks to squarespace for supporting reconcilable differences and all of relay fm um hey everybody welcome back to reconcilable differences with john syracuse this is a program that we do for you and um and if you if you choose to um you could support our work whatever it is we're doing here by, uh, by, by, uh, by tithing us. And for that, you go to relay.fm slash rd slash join. 
and you get uh, you get you get bonus content. You get uh, the commercial free uh, version. You get wallpaper, and, uh, and and this is one of those weeks where we're going to have some uh, some bonus content. And, and John, do we feel like we have a sense of what we're going to talk about? Serving suggestion, uh, scheduled programming. Yeah, if everything goes according to plan, we will talk about the Star Wars television program called Andor. Andor. Also, um, it's too late to sign up for it now, um, but thanks to everybody who signed up for the December to Remember, or whatever really is calling it, the thing where you can sign up and get a discount. Thanks to everybody who did that. I don't have any numbers on that, but I'm from Ohio, and I was raised to say thank you. Now, you were raised in Long Island. What were you raised to say? I'm walking here. Well, we'll, we'll find that out after follow-up. Yeah, I mean, I want a Dropbox folder. I, I don't want to have to hear it on Slack. I do. I send it in messages. It'll be fine. Is it, is it Dropbox folder or somewhere I can get to it? Oh, no, just follow up first. One thing at a time. John, John, will you be my, will you, will you be half my encryption? Will you be my encryption buddy? Can we be each other's encryption buddies? No, we can't. Okay. Um, we have, we have a, a <laughs> we're from different worlds, Marlon. We can't be encryption buddies. Yeah, but the game has changed, John. <laughs> <laughs> Season 43 of Survivor. This mm-hmm. is, we mm-hmm. got a lot of good follow up this week. And boy, we're kicking it off with a, with a good one. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm keen to hear, as they say, across the mm-hmm. pond. Stop. John, John, tell me about the British frown. Uh, last week we were speculating because uh, someone from the UK had told me they were shocked to learn that uh, Americans think frowning has to do with making your mouth make a, you know, an upside down U shape. And they were they were telling us that uh, in the UK, frowning doesn't have anything to do with the mouth. And just to clarify previously on reconcilable differences, you and I were both all, huh? Yeah. You never know. You never like, is this a real thing? What? Like a frown in the US, where I assume the rest of the world, um... If it was really a British frown, there'd be a U in it. Um, but but the, but you know, I heard that and I was like, "Are you kidding me? Are you are you are you taking the Mickey? Are you winding me up?" Uh-huh. These are all things I've learned from Mitchell and Webb. But but and this person, so this person you talked to said a frown means what you do with your eyebrows. And personally, if I could say, I said nah. But we've got we've got uh, data that's come in from across yeah, the pond. Many many people from the UK uh, wrote in to tell us that indeed in the UK. Frowning doesn't have anything to do with the mouth. Uh, the best uh, demonstration of this that I saw that this is sort of a universal knowledge that there is mm-hmm. a difference between the UK and the US when it comes to the word frown was from Benjamin who tweeted <laughs> screenshots of uh, typing define frown into Google. And you know how it gives you like that Google itself gives you a little definition thing or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and Benjamin's in the UK. And when you do define frown in the UK, it is the definition is Furrow one's brows in an expression indicating disapproval, displeasure, or concentration, right? But if you use a VPN to switch your country to the U.S. and you say define frown, it says the real definition of frown, which is yeah. form an expression of disapproval, displeasure, or concentration, typically by turning down the corners of the mouth. I don't know if it's the real definition. It's definitely the correct definition. I mean, it's the U.S. definition. That's true. Yes. Now, here's the, thing about, here's the thing about frown with this whole distinction. It's amazing that so many of us have reached this ripe old age without knowing about this distinction because it seems pretty important it's not like mm-hmm. some weird fray turn of phrase or whatever like and we know we know like the where the flashlight's different the word for elevators and we know all that already but frown frown is not obscure it's like one of the major expressions happy sad right yeah at least in this country but here's the thing that boggles my mind about this in this international world that we live in we all have the same set of emoji on our like ios devices uh, and the right. frown emoji is a yellow circle face 
with two black dots for eyes. And the only thing that distinguishes it from any of the other faces, is, because there's no nose, there's no ears. It's a yellow circle. This is the Apple emoji set. It's a yellow circle, two black dots for eyes, no eyebrows, no, no eyebrows. forehead, mm -hmm. no wrinkles. But what does it have? A big frowny mouth, an upside down U. And then there's even slight frown, which unbends it a little bit. It's a slightly frowning face, also lacking eyebrows. Right. And so it's so clear that the American imperialism has, an, an emoji is not an American invention. It's from Japan, right? But mm -hmm. anyway, wherever the emoji consortium is, has decided that frown means mouth turned in the upside down U. And then the second thing is, so many of the people from the UK had heard, probably from American movies, the phrase turn that frown upside down. And we would ask these people, what did you think that meant if you didn't think frowns had anything to do with the and, mouth? You know, you know, it's true because it rhymes. Yeah, but mm -hmm. they were like, what did you think it meant? It's like, oh, it just seemed like a fanciful turn of phrase that didn't really make any sense. Like, no. It makes geometric sense. Take that frown, turn it upside down, and it becomes a smile. That's what the expression means. It's not like completely disconnected from the reality of... Anyway, so so many things are different between our countries. I just don't know how to understand how we all got to be 40, 50, whatever mumble years old, not knowing that frown means something different. Yeah. I mean, you know, I watched The Witch the other night, and, uh, you know, that's about Puritans who had mm -hmm. just had it with the Church of England. Uh -huh. And they came over here. And, and I'm just saying, if no spoilers, but if you have your druthers, try, try not to get banished. Um, it's not great. Chris Finch and his family get banished. Finchy. Um, now, here's my question to you, and this is what's keeping me up at night. So is there a word in Englang for what we call a frown? No. The, the people I talk to think that that is an expression that human faces don't ever make unless you're trying to be Jim Carrey. Like that it's not a legitimate facial expression that adults would make, but it's just a comical over-exaggeration of a thing that you would never see. So you you ask, you, you go up to somebody in the UK and you say, hello, governor, what is the opposite of a frown? And what do they say? Like, like, like or, or What is the opposite of a smile, you mean? Yeah, like, well, sorry. You go up to somebody in, in England and you say, what's the opposite of a smile? And like, I mean, if it was me, I would say Twitter. But like, what what is it? What are they going to say? What's, what is the name in the, in the uh, received pronunciation in the Queen's English? What do they call that? I think they would just say frown, but they think that. But I mean, the, Americans make that face apart from Jim Carrey, believe it or mm -hmm. not. I don't know, man. They, they just think like having your um, the corners of your mouth go down, like making the frowny face mouth shape is not a thing that a, a human would ever naturally make. Maybe a crying baby, I suppose. Oh, come on. This is facial gatekeeping and I don't prefer it. Mm. I don't. I Thank you so much to Benjamin. Um, uh, as with you, uh, Benjamin was the first person I saw do this uh, especially with so much detail but yeah, but tons of people have like if you look in the oxford english dictionary obviously it has the uk definition and if you look in a u.s dictionary it has the american sometimes they have both definitions mixed in but this the google thing i feel like is like google knows that there's a difference and google mm -hmm. based on your your where it thinks your location is shows you the location specific difference what i don't know is what about the rest of the world has british imperialism spread their wrong definition of frown to the world has american imperialism spread our right definition all over the world who knows well, if you're if you're listening to this program, and I hope that you are, and you are somewhere or came from somewhere besides the U.S. or or the U.K. <laughs> or or anything that was once conquered by Great Britain. <laughs> well, that's going to rule out a lot of people, John. Or any place that was once conquered by did the U.S. Did they ever get Germany? They didn't get Germany, did they? I don't know. I don't think they did. But anyway, if if you, I would love to know both what you call what you call. Uh, the opposite of a smile, 
But that, so that's like it's a leading question. You're saying the opposite of a smile as if you think the the mm. expression for the emotion that is that is the opposite of happiness necessarily involves the mouth. And maybe it doesn't. Mm. Yeah. I mean, you know, we can learn from emoji. I feel like. You well, know. that's what I'm saying. Like the emoji imperialism is like, well, I don't care what the definition in your country. Like, uh, at least if you use an Apple device, you're getting the frowny emoji with a U.S. frown. And I think like the Android emoji for frown is similar. Like you don't get locale specific emoji based on how we think your face moves when you're sad. Phew. Boy, it's come a long way from, was it Nokia or like, who was it? The, <clears throat> no, uh, Docomo, uh, Doco, yeah, exactly. Yeah. They, they were the ones who came up with that. Right. Yeah. Maybe <sighs> come a long way. Well, thank you to Benjamin and to all of our other listeners. Uh, happy boxing day. Sure. When is that John? When is boxing day? Do you know, it's not a Canadian thing. I don't know. Oh, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I like the music, but I don't follow the holidays. Exactly. Not, not like I should. Uh, thanks to everybody who uh, has helped us with that. Uh, yeah, and if you got more of those things like that. You know, the thing is, there's a word I learned a long time ago. I know you know this word, but it's a wonderful word, cognate. Right? So, like, like for example, it's, it's so interesting to me that, like, in Spanish, uh, infinitive, wait, infinitive verbs? Like, you know, to run, to see. Isn't that is it infinitive? Is that what that means? Sure. But you know what I mean, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, um, I think it's so interesting. I was just thinking about this. I was riding my scooter and I was thinking about this. And, you know, I love that Spanish verb, hacer, which can mean either to make or to do. Uh, but but all Spanish verbs, you know, the, the, there's an infinitive. But I think it's it's so weird. It's not of nothing, but this is how my stupid brain works. I think it's so interesting that in these two completely different languages, like you would still use those in the same form to say the same thing. Like when you, <clears throat> when you say, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to make something you're using the, I'm going to get this wrong. I'm going to be so mad. I'm going to make Jim go fix it. When you're using that, that vert, you know what? I'm going to look it up. Is it infinitive? Is, am I using the wrong word? Am I having it's some like kind of an event? Infinitives is the place I know no, that, that context when you, you know, you, to boldly go. I, I think that's what it means. But but it's just so interesting to me that like in both Spanish and English, those you've got a single word usually, like what's what's another example? Um off the dome. Um uh like oh what's uh, uh what what's uh what's love? Uh amor is uh um te amo yo. You know what? <laughs> I'm gonna drop it. I just think, you know, language is a fun thing. You try. I, I looked at the Wikipedia page for cognate. It's uh, uh because it's a cognate is, is when you got two words that mean pretty much roughly the same thing in two different languages. Uh, according to Wikipedia, it is when uh, words in different languages have been inherited in direct descent from an ancestor in a common parent language. I was, I was, uh, my wife and I were alerted today by our kid that um, in uh, in his uh, Spanish language classroom. Uh, they have a raton. It just runs around. They got a rat now. There's a, you got various rats. They're pretty friendly rats. You see rats sometimes in the cafeteria. Mm-hmm. But they have they have a raton in the, uh, you know, uh, porcelangua. You know what I'm saying? That doesn't seem connected to Spanish class to me. But you ever take a language? Yeah. What'd you take? French. How, how much? Uh, all of it. Four? Four <laughs> years? 
Oh, I, t- I started French in like sixth grade and took it all through high school. So you, you can draw and you can play guitar and you can speak French. I cannot speak French. <laughs> See, you sound just like my wife. My wife had, sp- had French out the ass and she always claims that she can't, but I think she'd pick it up, you know, like in no time. But no. like, really, you feel like, huh? No, okay. I just, it's all gone. Like, I mean, I did it, I, I did it in, in sixth grade, seventh, eighth, ninth, 10th, 11th, 12th, all those years. And then I didn't take any language in, uh, college thank you engineering degree uh and so i've forgotten it all yeah i mean again i, I you know i i like i'm a polymath uh which is which is a word for someone who doesn't know as much as they think they do someone who doesn't know a lot of math ironically enough <laughs> i'm a monomath <laughs> uh-huh uh but uh you know there, there's uh there's there's a character uh who's one of the gays on uh, on white lotus and at one point no spoilers. I've only seen like two episodes in. I was just really proud of myself because there's somebody who's talking to somebody and and, and talking about a concern about about the people on the boat. These gays are going to do something to the person, and and this other person, I, I I could tell from context when the person was picking up on what the word gay means, and he says something tutti, and I'm like ah, and I felt very very impressive. I said to my family, aha. All of us, all of us are gay. Tutti. You know what I mean? Like yeah, Cozy yeah. Fan Tutti Fruity, that, uh, yeah, that no. who's that? That's, that's Mozart. You know, Mozart caused a lot of trouble because he, he wanted to write in, in languages besides uh, Italian. Mm-hmm. Now, when you listen to, when you're watching um, Valentina or like when you're watching, uh, you know, Robert De Niro and The Godfather, like how, how much Italian can you pick up without subtitles? I think we've talked about this before. When I probably watched did, the, yeah. when I watched The Godfather one or two, um, I am very quickly fooled into thinking that I a hundred percent understand Italian, and I don't. I don't <laughs> understand a word of Italian, right? <laughs> yes, but no, I totally know. I totally know what you mean. Part of it is because I've seen the movie a million times. I know all the lines, and part of it is because I hear the lines and see the subtitles. And I'm like, hey. I knew what I knew what they were. You only know that because you've seen the movie a hundred times. You can't speak Italian, but I, it makes me think I can speak Italian. I I know a couple of food words, and that's it. I I know way more French than I know Italian. Well, you, you know you know what you say to <laughs> you know what you say to uh, to teach you when you're ready to go. You know what you say? A porta, a porta. Yeah, porta. Now now that corta corta in Spanish is is cutting. Porta I think is you know I've had enough and I we gotta go. You know, that actor's great. I think it's in Frank Spinelli. Mm-hmm. He's a good actor. He's one of those, like, um, what's the guy's name? It's in all the, uh, he was in, the guy who was in uh, Amadeus. What's the guy's name? Vincent, uh, Vincent uh, Chevelli. D'Onofrio. He's another one, Vincent D'Onofrio. He's another one of those, that's guy. Mm-hmm. Anyways, thanks everybody for listening to the show. We'll see you next time. Uh, we got a little more follow-up. Uh, you have some Lex follow-up. Has there been some confusion about who Lex is? Yeah, last time we're talking about Alex Friedman, our friend who got his account suspended, who is not the Lex Friedman that is way, way more famous. Um, we're like, why did he get his account suspended? Because he posted it. Lex is pretty famous. Right, but not as famous as the other jerky ones. Two things that, two, I mean, the main thing I know about Lex is he hasn't seen it. Yeah. Um, and he, uh, Lex Friedman got his Twitter account suspended right after tweeting something saying, like, screw Donald Trump or whatever. He said something. He said something. He, I think he used the F word, as we say. Not yeah, the yeah, other. No, I'm trying to keep trying to clean it up. I know, but but he said it. And, but he did also. And he didn't just invoke the uh, twice in, the uh, the twice mm-hmm. impeached ex president. I think mm-hmm. he also did mention the birthday boy by name. Right. Um, 
and they were like, oh, well, why does the account get suspended? They don't tell you. They just your account is suspended. Well, it turns out since then where there have been developments, they uh, because we speculated that maybe it's because someone thought that he was impersonating the other guy who spells his name wrong. He spells his name Lex F-R-I-D-M-A-N, Lex Fridman. Oh, he says it Friedman mm. anyway. Spells mm-hmm. his name wrong. Um, maybe they thought this was an account trying to impersonate that other guy uh, because that other guy is friendly to Elon Musk and Donald Trump. And oh, then, and then Lex see. said, screw these people or whatever. And it turns out that was the case, uh, or at least according to the message that Lex got on his account, they said, hey, your account's been suspended because we think you're impersonating this person. Please send us some identification, you know, to prove that you really are Lex Friedman. And I'm assuming <laughs> he, he did that and said, no, that's my real name. And actually, I spelled the correct way. Is that, is that a policy? No, I mean, everything's just completely arbitrary. It it's sounds like, you know, it all it all sounds so ad hoc. Uh, sure, it's just, but whatever. Like, but that's that was their explanation. Their explanation yes, to them was, I understand. Yeah, that, that we we thought you were impersonating this other guy, despite the fact that the other person spells their name differently. So you're telling me if my last name is one letter off from another person, you think I'm impersonating them? It doesn't even cost though, like, anything his, to spell it the same way. Even though Lex's profile picture is a picture of himself, not a picture of the other jerky Lex Friedman. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so Lex got his account restored, uh, but he's still off Twitter. So he just posted one more tweet that said, F all these people, mm. and then left Twitter. But at least his account isn't suspended. So just wanted to follow up on that. Yes. Uh, and lots of people listening last week were shocked to think that we were friends with Lex Friedman, the jerky one. We're not. We're not friends with Lex Friedman, the jerky one. Yeah, I'm not really friends with I'm hardly even friends with John. Is there yeah. any way you could give me some context? I'm not going to look it up. Is, it, is, it all, is, he just, is he just like a, is he like a thirsty, a sweaty dingling? He's uh, just asking the question kind of guy. He has okay. uh, he yeah. has on his podcast all these people and really admires them and the great work. Do you think he probably vapes that. out of curiosity? I don't know. Okay, he's 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 problematic. And again, we're talking about the bad Lex Freeman, not the good one. Yeah, I mean, we maybe we need a way inside the program if we're going to keep talking about this. We need a way to identify them. You know, maybe there could be some kind of a tone that we play or something. You just have to say Fridman because his name is F R I D M A N. That's not Friedman. That's Fridman. No, that's 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 not a terrible. I mean, with with all respect to Mr. Fridman, that's that's a terrible name. I I will not allow it. I I you know I, I've already had a snootful of of a person who's theoretically called Troyzan. I'm so angry about somebody claiming that their name is Troyzan. Oh, so the worst part about this is like, oh, don't make fun of people's names, whatever. But I try not to. Right, but here's the thing that's that's a name he picked for himself, like his actual name. He's got like a, 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 a he ha, he was born with a different name. It's kind of like picking your stage name. You know, when you go to Hollywood, I got to pick a different name. Oh, so, I, I figured it was Ellis Island. Uh, no, so he picked a, a new name for himself. Mm-hmm. And I think he was trying to pick Friedman, but didn't realize that he didn't know how to spell the most common spelling <laughs> of Friedman. So he <laughs> spelled it Friedman. And now he's, yeah. That's weird. It is. There's a, uh. Do a little bit more research. Or maybe he, it's maybe it's like one of those uh, sort of conservative trolling things where you misspell it uh, on purpose to uh, to own the libs. Oh, because that really gets uh, that's one of those Don Jr. kind of things. No, it's everybody. They all they all put, intentionally put typos in all their stuff just to anger all the people who can spell, you know. Yeah. Washington Post does that, too. Um, we have another piece of follow up, uh, which has become it's like I'm wearing an albatross and the albatross is also then wearing a millstone or possibly mm-hmm. a second albatross. And you're pushing it up a hill. It keeps sliding back down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the myth, the myth, of, myth, the myth of Sisyphus. Uh, this is more... And then, and then it eats your liver. Wait a minute. I know that. That's... Um, wait, no, that's uh, not Proteus. Who is it? Who is that? Not Proteus. Uh, See, now Dan McCoy would know Raceland this. Raceland Every morning he wakes up and... No, sorry. You don't get that reference. It's fine. No, I don't. Is that from a video game? That's from Dragonlance. Is that the one with Master Chef? But it's just a, it's it is a it is an homage to the Greek one. I don't know the name of the liver eaten guy. Yeah, I 
Well, it's not Proteus, but it's uh, it's not Perseus because that was Harry Hamlin from L.A. Law. Prometheus. Prometheus was punished by Zeus because he stole fire. Stole fire from to the give gods. it to mankind. He was chained to a rock hate, in the they mountains. They hate that. They specifically Every told day, him. An yeah. eagle came and ate part of his liver. Each night, his liver would regrow. Huh. Well, you know, hmm, that's interesting because there's a character on uh, on uh, the titular Fleischman on Fleischman is in trouble. He's very fascinated by, by the way the organ, organs can fix themselves. Mm-hmm. But and and if memory serves, there's a little bit of Greek in the second act of that. Um, the uh, what we're doing here though is uh, doing some follow up one time, one time, John, one slip of the tongue. This is exactly how they got Snot Boogie. You have follow up mm-hmm. for us on the Shero. Yeah, so here's the thing about that. So you said Sharrow, like in, I think it was in the Dubai Friday episode where you're trying to talk about the share arrow, which is the box icon with an arrow pointing upwards coming out of it that's ubiquitous on iOS and Mm -hmm. macOS for sharing, right? And you tried to say that really fast and what came out was Sharrow instead of share arrow. And then for the rest of that episode, because you like bits, you started, you were intentionally saying it as Sharrow. And then I commented on it on ATP. Yes. And, and you know what? I want to thank friend of the show, Casey Liss, because you don't know this, John, but Casey and I look out for each other because we both are subjected to how you are. And so we do try to stick up for each other when we can. I guess it's all, all in your head. It's, it's, uh... Well, he promised he's going to bring me to the, the final, final three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so... That happened, and then we got tons of feedback from people, and the, yes. and the feedback came in two varieties. One, all <laughs> of the bicycle riders told us, all the bicycle riders in the world told us that Sharo is actually a thing, and it is a lane marking showing, uh, like, you paint on the street that has, like, two chevron sort of arrows, yeah, yeah, and yeah. then a picture of a bicycle, and it's trying to tell you that this area of the road is for bicycles and cars. And bicycle people- Which is totally unintuitive to me. Yeah, and bicycle people hate this because it is not safer for bicycles. In fact, many things have shown that when you put these on the road, it makes it less safe for bicycles. And if you had room to do that, you could have just made a protected bike lane. So bike riders hate it, but that's what this is called. It's the share arrow. It's saying you are sharing the road. Cars and bicycles share this part of the road. It is a sharrow because it's an arrow form painted on the road telling bicycles and cars to share this part but of the it road. But se- it seems to just be saying bikes go this way. Yeah, it, it's it's not a great thing. We'll, we'll put a link in the show notes about sharrows in the bicycling context and what they're used for and why people <sighs> who ride bicycles don't like them and how they don't make things safer, okay? Also, also tippy to lemon tree, um, I will put uh, I will put in uh, a couple good links to, to bike adjacent YouTube. Uh, with talking about what it means to have dedicated areas for different kinds of transit and how it can change everything. It's yeah. like the opposite of a strode. Right. Okay. And the next thing is, uh, which we followed up on ATP a little about this, that inside of Apple and outside of Apple, Apple itself and many people <laughs> in the Apple developer community. <laughs> the screen grab is wild to me. Have I used can't believe the this word, exists. <laughs> have used the word share to refer to the share arrow. Because and this is from Dob Dob 17. Yeah, this is for, this is for WWDC 2017. There's a slide on, you know, there's a person on stage presenting it, and there's a slide on the stage showing Sharrow in double quotes, showing the Sharrow. You can the tell Sharrow they're having icon. fun with it because they put it in quotes. Yeah, if you go to SF Symbols, the app, the app on your Mac where you can yeah. look up all these symbols, it Sharrow doesn't match this, so they didn't actually officially call it that or make it an alias for it or whatever. It's just called the you know upward box arrow, whatever the hell Square it's called. Square and arrow up. I'm seeing. Yeah. Oh my gosh, look at look at how many of these there are. And what section is that in? Well, can I reveal in duplicate as custom symbol? John, SF symbols, just the whole SF thing in general, but SF symbols, this app in particular, is 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 such a good idea. 
Yeah. Have you guys talked is. about it? Like what a good idea it is. Mm-hmm. The, I mean, I guess Marco's talked about how like he increasingly, you know, in his this long the long arc of of his history as a developer, he's more and more trying to get away from custom everything and more into like things where he can count on Apple to keep up this thing he doesn't want to have to. This is such you guys you gotta get this do you still I've got SF symbols beta and I don't know how old it is, but you can get this app and it's it's worth checking out. I, it's just fascinating. From the perspective of somebody who historically has had interest in, in what Apple does, I think, I don't know if this is Apple at its best, but it's 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 Apple at real good. Square and arrow up, square and arrow down, rectangle portrait and arrow right. Okay, but it's not called a share arrow. Scribble. Yeah. Scribble and scribble variable. But people inside Apple have been trying to make that happen. Some people <laughs> trying, Apple, to, trying yeah. to make Shero happen. Some people in Apple retail have said, yeah, we were taught that in our training to refer to it as that or whatever. But it just hasn't really penetrated that far. Now, here's the thing about this. Yeah. I have in the past described you both privately and publicly. Uh, I've made this analogy to how I picture you and your brain working as one of those clear uh uh, spheres that you rotate with a crank that has a bunch of ping pong balls in it that have the lottery numbers on them, right? You just you, rotate you, the thing. You're basically calling me a bingo head. Well, kind of like <laughs> that, but it's also the one that has air pressure so that you press the little thing and then a ball goes thump. You're talking about when you when you put a uh, Saturday night when they draw the lotto numbers, that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like a pop matic Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. they, push, they push the button and then one of the ping pong balls is bouncing around and goes thump out of the tube and it comes out, right? And so to- to- John, you, uh, John, say it totally randomly. Yeah. Uh, That's yeah. The, the whole <laughs> idea is it's, it is unknowable which, how long it will take and which ball will thump into the, uh, the cylinder. Right. And the, the key thing is that everything you've ever seen and done contributes a ping pong ball to, <laughs> to that sphere. John, right? John if, if it had five different valves, it, it would have at least five different yeah, balls. Yeah, it'd have 11 specific Ele- Okay. All right. The, all right. You get one for um, that. All right. So anyway, <laughs> the, Thing is, with you saying Sharo, you have you <laughs> undoubtedly yeah, you will get to that. You have undoubtedly Shero. been exposed to the Apple version of this because maybe you didn't see this WWDC session, but like you've been in this. It's impossible not to have encountered it at some point. You just probably forgot about it. And the, also, the, I'm sorry, I'm you, sorry. The word, yeah. Also, okay. you've recently mm. been on a kick about you know bicycling and urban design and everything. So you probably also came across the Sharrow in that context. Oh, here we go. Now we see the violence inherent in the system. Uh-huh. This is where you take it and turn it and make me another one of these things that is making me such a broken man. I, I'm I'm already so broken. And then on top of it all, you're always there. You know, you feed me, Jack, feeding me. You're always introducing new self-doubt. And now I've got two different ways. But it's, not, it's not self-doubt. It's just, it's a plausible theory. Did you because- just say the phrase to me, it's not self-doubt? No, it's a plausible theory. It doesn't mean it's the truth, oh but it is plausible. God. Why is it plausible? Because you know you've been deeply embroiled in both of these worlds recently. Yes, my because unlived, ping pong my, my, machine, my unlived, right? unlived non-experience. Yes, yeah, you like. Are you telling me that you think you've never seen this shadow symbol at all? Your YouTube rat holing lo- learning about urban design and bike lanes. Okay, I, I'm loath to compare myself to the disgraced, twice impeached former president. <laughs> Okay, I, I don't I don't feel great about that, but I'll, I'll I'll tell you one thing. One thing that's driven me nuts, been driving me nuts for a very long time, is is that guy is sundowning at say <laughs> something like the debates, and mm-hmm. he's just he's just he's saying things that I mean, it's like people I don't know, it's like thinking a parrot can talk. Well, a parrot can't really talk. A parrot can make noises, and it can be associated. They they sound like language, but I would. 
I would not say a parrot can talk in the same way that, say, a smart 12-year-old human can. Mm -hmm. Those are different kinds of quote-unquote talking. Well, heck, if that's true, you could say that speakers talk. Well, it's not really speakers that talk. It's, that's just sound coming out of it through electronics. But the one that continues, has continued to drive me crazy for so long as he, and I'm sorry, I hate to diagnose from a distance, but I think it is a form of sundowning. I think it gets late in the day. And, and just like, you know, the, the former vice president to rap Barack Obama, I think sometimes people get a little confused in the afternoon. <laughs> I know I do. But he did the one, and I, I'm not going to quote this exactly right, but he did the one where whomever, I want to say Chris Wallace, the moderator said to him something like, will you once and for all, you know, like <laughs> you wouldn't reject David Duke. You said he didn't know who he was. And like, will you once and for all reject, you know, Oath Keepers, Proud Boys, whatever. And he said that thing. That he, he might as well have said, bleh, bleh, but it came out as pr Proud Boys. Funny voices are back. Funny, <laughs> But what is he saying? He said like something like Proud Boys uh, stand, stand by and stand down or something like mm -hmm. that. And mm -hmm. everybody took, and forgive me, I'm not getting that correct because I literally don't care. Because here's the thing. The man is just making mouth noises that he thinks make him look strong. That's essentially his whole bit. And and still to this day, even like a smart, like Kendallanian type will go like, well, you know, or like, you know, some, some CNN, you know, one of these one of these goblins on CNN will start talking about, oh, well, you know, and, and, and he spoke, he sent orders to the Proud Boys during the debate. And I'm like, are you, are you honestly telling me like you went to like, you went to college and you really believe that he thought he was addressing like prepping people for January 6th. You could see, you could see what was going on in his mind when he said that. Here's, here's my interpretation of what's going on. With okay. His mind. Okay. He's yeah. being confronted and saying, you, will you once and for all, blah, 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 blah. Two thoughts are going through his mind. Put, One, put, put him, put him on the spot and, and for, force him to say something that, because we all know that he loves, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but he loves anybody who he perceives likes him and is loyal to him. And uh -huh. so he's always, I mean, no matter who it's from, I mean, you know, it, it it could be Himmler and he'd be happy because, you know, he endorsed him very strongly. Yeah. And so he wanted to he wants to, but he also wants to give like the quote unquote right answer for the debate. So he wants to say, no, I'm not a bad racist Go person. You're all very special. Right. people. So he we wants love you. he wants to be, uh, you know, he wants to give the right answer in the debate, which is to condemn these bad people. But also, like you said, he's not he also doesn't want to condemn these bad people because they like him. And and like he can't string together mm -hmm. enough. He can't, can't string together a compound sentence in such a way that he could do the basic tropic tropic idea of like, well, on the one hand this, or on the other hand that. He doesn't. I don't think the man is wired. I mean, again, you go back and watch interviews with that guy from the eighties. It's a totally different person. He's goofy. He got he still, real goofy. He was, he was still a jerk then, though. He was a jerk, but he could speak. I mean, yeah. like when you see him interviewed on like CNN or whatever, he could produce a short paragraph that was yes self-grandizing but it was sensible as as a collection of words yeah so when he gave that answer he was like okay mouth just starts cranking and then you can see it swinging from one side it's like mm -hmm. uh give the right answer 
but also tell the people who like you that you're still on their side. But this and he just goes back and forth. And then the words that just came out are like when he was saying that the stand by, that's him saying, oh, I don't want to make them mad. And stand down is saying, I want to give them the right answer. And then it's just, that's it. That, that's all it is. It's just. I think you're still giving him too much credit. I think he just started saying words. And stand down sounds like the kind of thing you get uh, the English beat saying, like, you know, in England, when you're prime minister, they don't call it resigning. They call it standing down. Right. And so stand down means resign. Oh, no, I don't think he had any awareness of what the meaning of those words are. I think he's just trying to basically well, say. I, think he thought it, I, thought, I think he thought it sounded tough and very strongly. But 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 also he wants to give the right answer in the debate. So he wants yeah. to say, I'm not yeah. a racist, but people who like me still like me. That's because he wants you know. to seem like he gave. I, I mean, just to be clear here, and I, I might be splitting hairs or, you know, combed over hair. But but like he wants to give. Yes, he wants to give the right answer, but he wants it. He mainly everything he does is to make himself appear strong and capable and to use that 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 dumb word like a winner. And so, you know, he'll just start making the point being, John, all I was trying to do is say share arrow. Yeah. And I and I, I that's I, that is the most logical explanation, but because of my pinball uh bouncy <laughs> theory. Uh, you, you never know what's bouncing or it's, it's, you know, again, work with Kieran and run it through R. I need to learn more about this. I, I think you are, well, you're obviously you are provoking me and maybe that's what the people pay for relay.fm slash RD slash join. But, but, but you're being very, you're being, all I did was I had a, like a fairly literal slip of the tongue mm-hmm. and I, I basically invented a diphthong. I mean, you didn't invent it. Obviously it was already there. Is it a diuresis or is it a, what do you call that? A ligature. I did, I did a mouth ligature. Anyway, what? Oh, oh, ligature, ligature, because your 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 tongue is is tied in knots. Mm-hmm. Ligature. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, yeah, particular hemorrhaging is the one you get in the eyes when you choke people. You got to stop watching Law and Order. I got to stop watching Law. <laughs> Uh, but again, just thanks, thanks to everybody. I guess thank you to you, John, for keeping me from having self esteem or any kind of confidence. No, I just, I'm trying to get you more in touch with yourself to understand uh-huh. what's going on in that stew. What's bouncing around in there? What could come out at any well, moment? Like what, what, what would be the benefit of that? And to whom? I think it's just, uh, it's good to, to know yourself, to understand the machinery. Why, Why of would you. I want to know myself? It's, I was on the, Oh, is there a money making opportunity? Uh, no, it was on free to be you and me. It was one of the things you're supposed to take away from that. Oh, I see. There's a line. Did, did you listen to that as a kid? Yeah, no, we've talked about this before. Which one are you? You talked about free to be you and me with all your. I, I mean, not with Alex. I talked. Yet, I they, talked about it. For, did you? Or maybe you did talk about it with Alex. Oh my God! I talked about it. Producer Quinn, who, who now has retired from That's right, Friday. You did, you did her musical thing. Yeah, which is called. It's that song from Pippin. Um, Something in the sky. Uh, it's that really good song that the greatest American hero sings. What's it called? Uh, it's uh, Corner of the Sky. Have you ever heard that song? It's really good. William Cat does a very good version of that. I listened to that episode that you were on with Quinn, so I heard you talk all about it. Okay, well, yeah, but I think I like, I think, you know, I I, I like musicals, but like there's some, there's like several different things we're going to talk about, even tonight, theoretically. We're like, oh, I just feel like I don't have expertise in these things. Like I know what I like, but I don't know stuff about stuff. And I don't remember things like you do or like my wife does. I don't remember things. But you remember different things. I'm differently memoried. Yeah, exactly. Would you capture that, please? I, I, here's the thing. Some kinds of help are the kind of help that mm-hmm. help is all about. And mm-hmm. sometimes of help are the kind of help we all can do without. Oh, what do I know? I'm just born. I'm a baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mel Brooks is in that. Yes. So did you, so, so, 
So when you, and, and you know, if you want, you can do an include once of where this was previously covered on this show. But you listened to that as a kid. I had an eight track of that. And I think my parents had. I, was, I, was, I had a record of it and I was doing it all the time. My parents had no idea what was going on with that. I just read a nice article uh, the other day. It wasn't that nice, but it was a pretty good article about the, I guess, 50th anniversary of that. Mm-hmm. Yep, I read it. And I think my parents, who were, you know, they're not as crazy as some people from Cincinnati, but very conservative. And uh, I don't I don't think they, I don't know how that arrived. It must have come in through Columbia House. Like our, our default, you know, when you do Columbia House, or I think RCA was ours. Did your family do RCA or Columbia House? Uh, no, but I did Columbia House when I was older. Oh, that was the first time I got in debt. I owed I owed <laughs> Columbia House. Go to Columbia House debtor's prison as a kid. <laughs> Columbia House sounds like the name of the debtor's prison. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, now he's an inmate at Columbia House. Mm-hmm. Oh, eight for a penny. Um <laughs> Now, the late Stephen Sondheim could have, like, you know, he did, like, uh, you know, not Barbara Seville. What's the one where Johnny Depp's the meat man? You know, Sweeney Todd, the demon barber of Fleet Street, he could have done a hell of a thing on Columbia House. That sounds like Dickens. That does sound like Bleak House. Is this an example right now of of the uh, the ping pong balls, John? I, thought, I, thought, I was waiting for you to come out with 24601. Oh, you seem like men like me can never change. Yeah. Wasn't he in debtor's prison in Les Um, Or he was for stealing bread. Sorry. Look down, look down. Yeah, yeah, but here's the thing, and this is covered by Russell Crowe in the first song, is that like he got a certain amount of time for the bread, but then most of his sentence that kept going on and on was because he kept trying to escape. Mm-hmm. And did, did you know did you know there's a cameo in that? Did you know that the the guy who plays no spoilers, but the guy that he steals the, the cups and silverware from? Do you know who that guy is? You know who he is? You know this. I think I only saw that movie once, and the only reason I watched it is because you kept talking about it. Colm Wilkinson. Colm Wilkinson. Bring him home. The most famous, the original, the guy who re- originated the English language part of that dude. He plays, he has a nice cameo. I, I guess you could call it that, or guest spot. I don't know if you have guest spots in a movie. But you remember, remember Valjean goes and he stays with the guy and then he steals his stuff. And then the guy says, oh no, I gave that to him as a gift. And, and mm-hmm. then, no spoilers, but he sees him, sees him in heaven later. Or whatever the French version of heaven is. <laughs> just bring your own joke for the rest of that mm-hmm. um i first heard what is that called not the duel it's not called the face off it's called duel of the fates is that what it's called that one song you know uh two four six and one men like you can never change mm-hmm. my friend put that on a mix for me i'd never heard les mis and he put that on a mix for me in 1989 and i was like what is this mm-hmm. it's such a good song you know the uh so your favorite version of On My Own is it Leia what's her head? You have one Solanga, version. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's funny that keeps coming up in my records on YouTube. That's the best version. It's a great version. Well, you have a particular best version, I think. We talked about this on one of our m- music episodes, include once. I'm I'm happy to be spreading the word on the Shero, I guess. I mean, the thing is I have a lot of <clears throat> coinages, some uh intentional and some not. But like this coinage, or uh, as you would stipulate, I think this uh, adoption, it was not deliberate. I don't want to be. Fam- I, I just want to be remembered for something, but not this. Hmm. How do you how do you say the name S H A R O N? And don't overthink it. Sharon. Sharon. Do we pronounce it the same way? I think so. Because every time I see, I don't know. Again, I. Uh, it's just not a bit. It is a bit. No, no, it is a bit, but it's not a bit. 
<laughs> is that I cannot, there's, I, as you know, John, you may not be aware of this. We're going to talk about pronunciation at some point. I, I don't hear differences that you hear. You sent me the one that was like Mary versus Mary, right? Mm-hmm. I don't hear that difference. And, and, but I feel like I look, when I look at the word Shero, I can hear you saying what I feel like would be like Sharon. No, Sharo. Sharo. Mm-hmm. How do you say in the name of the Latin American lady with the, with the bosoms from the 70s? Sharo. Share? Uh, no, well, I, I would say. <laughs> You're going to have to narrow it. I, I, I think know. she's probably a B plus, but uh, no, Charo. Charo. Oh, yeah, Charo. Charo. How do you say the name of the delicious uh, 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 sweet cinnamon treats that are sticks? Churro. Churro. Okay. Uh, it's not Leah Salonga. It's Shamita Kaho. Okay, there you go. Yeah. But Leah, so, but Leah Salonga, she's the one that did, I think she's she the one, I get so confused. She's the more famous one, but she doesn't do the one though. She's like the famous one. John, if you ever want to dive deep on Les Mis, I've got, I know you've got a lot of, of music, uh, audio music, but I, I don't know. Sometimes when I'm just, I just want, I want I, I'm in a certain mood. I will just pull up 10th anniversary, 25th anniversary. I, I, I own these things on, on plastic. The one where they do like all the Valjeans come out and do bring them home. You ever seen that? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so good. Colin Wilkinson is a wonderful singer. Tommy Toon is very tall. Yeah. Now the one I like is, uh, I, God, it's so hard for me to find because my metadata is all messed up. I think it is international cast recording of Les Mis. That's the one that's from, got... is it the guy with the beard? Well, there's the one guy who's like, I, I think don't know there's... what they look like because I had it on well, CD. Okay. There's the guy who's the Valjean, like the Valjean on prime title of the, the time they're doing the 25th anniversary, which is a, a wonderful epic recording. I think they do three different versions of One Day More. They have in the international cast comes out, all the different people, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I, you know, I have, I have a favorite. Uh, who's, the, um, who's the guy with the cool coat? Uh, Angel Ross? That guy, the guy, the guy, um, you know, uh, the, you know, the, the guy with the cool, like adamant coat. I don't know. He's the guy, he's the guy in one day more. Uh, you know what? Never mind. We got to keep moving. We should talk more about music. <sighs> you know what? I never liked, can I be honest with you? Mm-hmm. Um, I liked, I liked, I liked, uh, William has a doll. I liked, um, you know, don't dress your dog in them. I, I liked all those. I, I, you know what I hated though? Toyland, Toyland, <laughs> beautiful girl and boy. I thought that was such, I'm going to put that on my made of cocaine list, or at least on the, I have one Spotify playlist that I don't think anybody's ever seen, which is, I think it's called like creepy mood for a, a little kid. And it's all the songs <laughs> that like freaked me out when I was little. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? All, all the like, I, sh- I should pull it up. But that, I, you know what I'm talking about? It's, it's probably like, it's on the second side, LP-wise. I think it, it might be called, is it called Girlland? I also like the story of Atalanta. I thought that was nice. Hmm. Um, so, hey, everybody, welcome back. Reconcilable Differences. We're, we're accomplishing a lot tonight. John is sharpening me. So, so I got to find a way to phrase this. You sharpen me like a knife, but uh-huh. you're not the knife. When I say, you, you say you sharpen me like a knife, and uh-huh. I feel like you should say, well, I'm speaking as, as, as you here. Well, I, I sharpen your knife. 
Because you don't sharpen your, a do you sharpen I drink a knife? your milkshake is what you're trying to say. <laughs> Finished. <laughs> oh, so close. I'm sure I got that line wrong. Now, see, that's a funny bit. And that's why our next shirt should probably say so close. Mm-hmm. We'll see. I'm gonna find this. I'm gonna find this playlist. Did you have anything you need to look up before we keep going? Uh, I was just trying to find the Lame Is album. I think it is highlights from the complete symphonic international cast recording I of Lame Is like album. You sent me okay, but like meta. No, I sent you the file. You sent me the like, file. I don't think it's on most streaming services. Yeah, I mean, I have a uh, I have a song link. Look in the show notes. I just put a song dot link URL. Oh, okay. And I'm pretty sure that's it. And it, it has links to Apple Music, Spotify, YouTube. Okay, we'll put that into notes. Um. <clears throat> oh yeah, look at that Grammy Award winner. Do okay. I, yeah, we should stop talking about Les Mis. I can't, I can't find this list. I've got Made of Cocaine. I've got uh, oh, where's the one? That's a good list. You know, I spent some time the other day organizing my Spotify playlist, mm-hmm. and it's really difficult to do. It's they absolutely again. This is one of those things where like if you use your app as much as I do, you would make this so much easier to deal with. Anyways. Um, Merlin, oh, Merlin's World Music, John. That, that's from our program. Mm-hmm. That's from episode 10 of Reconcilable Differences, mm-hmm. February 2018. Huh. Um, I can't find this other one. It's probably not important. But you know, the thing is, people edit podcasts. So, this is version. So, I made sections in my Spotify now. I've got one called Public Stuff. I've got just Power Pop. I've got lists from other people. I don't love this, but, but you know, I, I think it's a start. Uh, are you keeping track of where we are? What's up next? Yeah. Uh, well, if I find I, this. Oh, I got one. John, I got one that's just seven versions of One Day More. There you go. Okay. Uh, dig it, dig it. What's next, John? What are we talking about next? So as usual, the the ostensible topic that we were going to try to get to will probably get pushed off the end by this next what? thing. But so be it. We will still talk about Andor in the after show and members will yep. get to hear it. But anyway, the next thing I had in the list. Oh, yes. Is this your, your accent? Yes. Okay, please, please, please. And we don't have to talk about my drawing. I mean, what is there to say? We I'm will sorry. eventually. We'll get to it. Don't if you're worry. saying if it's in the document, we can always return to it. Okay, all right. All yes, right. I won't I won't forget. So the context of this is, remember my big to-do list of like, hey, I quit my job. I got a bunch of crap I have to do. You got to work on the house. Yeah. You got to fix your toe. Mm. You got to get like a probably, it always, see, you never said it, but I always figured you were going to some kind of an estate lawyer. Just be careful. Be careful in the pre- prenup that Greg doesn't get everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of your things was like, it seems like you were taking extra steps to ensure the viability, the future viability of a lot of your, going beyond just having backups of your photos, that you were doing a lot of like, you know, archival work. Yeah. One of the things, what is this? Yeah. One of the things that on my list was, it's a line item says, transfer childhood audio tapes to digital files. That's been on my list forever. Uh, my parents... Yeah, every once in a while, would pull out the same tape recorder we all had in the seventies. You know the one I'm talking about, the Zenith. <laughs> yeah, it's like a little handle. It's Ours vertical. had a little brown case and like and big chunky buttons. The color I remember the record button was the color of caramel. Yeah, and and it's the long way. Like it's got a, it would have a handle on it, but it's like long and skinny, and the, the buttons were on the end on the <laughs> on the skinny end. Right. Anyway, they had that, and every once in a while, they would put a, a cassette tape into it, which is a magnetic recording medium for the kids. Hmm. Um. And they would hit play and record at the same time. Uh, and it would record audio in the room through whatever crappy microphone is in the thing. And they would do that to capture 
moments from their life probably involving their children. We used to right? do it. Uh, my my parents would sometimes, like a few Christmases, I don't know where these tapes are, would like hide it somewhere on Christmas Day and record Christmas morning. Mm-hmm. Yep, no, the, the first the first tape. All right, so anyway, I have these tapes. Like my parents would be cleaning out their house or whatever, and they'd be like, oh, we got these tapes. I don't know what to do with them. they give them to me. They're like, here you go, John. Put them on the computer somewhere. Do some computer thing with them. And so for years, I've had in my attic these tapes. And my parents came for Thanksgiving. They brought more tapes with them. They said, oh, we found some more tapes. Here you go. And this has been on my, my to-do list for literal years. Mm-hmm. And they brought a bunch more tapes. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to finally get around to it. I'm going to transfer my audio tapes to some digital things. So I went on Amazon and bought some cheap little like USB cassette player that you just plug it into your computer and it sees it as an audio input. You can hit play on the thing and then record. Right. Right. And I'd heard most of these audio tapes throughout my life. Cause it's not that many. I was like four or five tapes. One of them's broken. I haven't figured out what I'm going to do with that one. It's kind of the other end of it is all sucked up into the thing. So it's kind of oh annoying to gosh. get to. Gosh. Um, that's, that's my terror. The one, the one, I have a tape somewhere in the garage, if it still exists, and it's it's like it's Schrodinger's nostalgia. Where like I'm so scared to find it. It's a, a time I interviewed my dad when I was like five or six, yeah. and I'm just terrified of the condition of that. Yeah, no, you should get it sooner rather than later. I know, I know you're right. You're absolutely and, right. And yeah. like and and there's the you know so recording it is fairly straightforward. Like cleaning it up, I looked into the cleanup tools, but like the fancy one that Jason uses to his, his stuff is way too expensive. And then I tried messing Aww. with some other tools. And anyway, I'm just like, look, I'll just get the raw recordings. You, can, you once should it's get digital, isotope. You should get. You can get a preach. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, but you yes, can't get th- a that part's the easiest. Part isotope is eight hundred dollars for the. Good no, one. that's crazy. Mine was like two hundred. I but know, you, but that's but, not the good one. Oh, okay. But getting it the hard, the difficult part is is getting it from wherever it is, determining what the health of it is, and like, yeah, that that's 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 dangerous work. Yeah, and so I just, I mean, it's not big. It's like they're thirty minutes per side or whatever they mm-hmm. are. They're not even like the really fancy like long playing ones because these are nineteen seventies cassette tapes, right? Um, and they sound terrible and are filled with hiss or whatever. But I just recorded it as like uncompressed like wave or a files or whatever. So like I and then once they get them to my little backup vortex, I'll have those forever and I can always mess with them later. Right. And yeah. and I'm these tapes are not new to me. Like I heard them, I heard them for most of my young life because every once in a while my mom would take out the tapes and say, oh, I remember these tapes from when you were kids, you know, and I, and one of the first tapes is a Christmas. Like they just hit, they just hit record during a Christmas. Yeah. Uh, and you can hear. Right. So. And so like, I wasn't going to be surprised if I was on these tapes. I'm like, oh, let me just get them set up. Let me plug it in. Let me, you know. Uh, I mean, that 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 is a that is a an emotional Pandora's box. Well, but I didn't think it would it would there would be anything in there for me that would be surprised me because it's like mm-hmm. it's like watching yeah. the Rudolph Christmas show. Like the the what the what is that one called? The Rankin Bass? No, not that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the what's the yeah, the Rudolph, like, uh, stop motion yeah, thing? Yeah, uh, uh, Rudolph, and then you, you might also be thinking of uh, Santa Claus is Coming to Town is another good one. Yeah, anyway. I, I, yeah, but, like, like there's not going to be a new scene with Yukon Cornelius. Yeah, someone, I've seen them so many yeah. times. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Even though even though I hadn't seen it in years, it's just so embedded. <laughs> Aram Hawks so, and guitar strings. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be a dentist. Uh, so, <laughs> so I'd heard these tapes before. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I'd heard it before, but I, but I put it through, like, my little audio hijack thing. I had it also going through the speaker so I could hear it while it was playing in addition to being recorded, right? And I'm sitting there in the room doing other things while this thing is going through its uh, a tape playing. And I was immediately struck when I'm hearing first. I'm just hearing like my parents talk, right? Because it was before I'm born. Oh God! I'm I'm, That's I'm so hearing cool. the talk, and I'm like, wait a second. What is this insane accent that both my parents have? Like, not what is it, but like, my parents do not sound like this now. I'm hearing them talk, and they have an incredibly thick Long Island accent. This is this is over forty years ago. Yes, 
And today, my dad's got a little bit of Long Island accent. My mom mostly doesn't have one. Um, it's there. It's a little bit here and there, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. But like their accent was so much stronger in 1977, 1978, right? And I was shocked by that. And here's why I was shocked. One, it just, oh, I didn't realize their accent was that big. And two, I had heard these tapes in my adult life. That's that's the part that's so wild. And when when I heard them when I was, you know, 10, 12, 15, 17, 20, it it never made me think, oh, wow, look at that accent. It just sounded normal to me. So at some point, at some point from living outside Long Island long enough or maybe going to college or whatever, my brain switched to suddenly hearing a Long Island accent and noting it as a thing instead of that's just how people talk. But apparently the last time I heard these tapes, all of my family talking with a thick Long Island accent just sounded normal to me. And I didn't even recognize that they had an accent. Jeez. And that really bowled me over. I, I couldn't I could not get enough of just playing. But, my but also mom. just alongside. Absolutely. But also just alongside the, you know, there's a, a running bit with Roderick where like when Roderick impersonates his dad, Dave Roderick, like, mm-hmm. you know, John does two voices for his dad. There's there's the the funny voice and the voice I know f- uh, from being around John's dad is the, uh, the kind of the, mm-hmm. the, the weak yeah, and strained yeah. voice. But and then John will sometimes do counselor, do the voice of him mm-hmm. like in the 70s. It must be, also be alongside the accent. And it must be so weird to hear such a different and probably like a little more like puckishness or sense of humor or like, right? I mean, like that whole thing is like, it's it, it must be so wild. I mean, they obviously do sound younger and too, but the accent was really boring. Uh, yeah, so I yeah. sent you, I put I posted these all in Slack. If you want to go to the good Slack in the general channel, I also sent you a link to it if you just want to click on it. And I've sent you a link in messages. Okay. So starting with the top one with hearing my mom's accent, I'll send these clips to Jim and he can put them in if he wants, I suppose. Please, but, no, please do that. That'd be great. Yeah, I mean, they sound terrible. Maybe Jim can <laughs> Maybe he has the good version of my stuff. <laughs> I don't know. I've got, I've got the one I could afford. I'm happy to run it through the bot. Okay, clicking. Oh, look at that. It's going to take me right to it. Okay, give me a second here. Um, follow. Uh, oh, okay. So, mom's ex- mom accent? Mm-hmm. Okay. Sh- shall I play it for myself yeah, over my ahead. headphones? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you get discouraged because I am so small <gasps> and often leave my fingertips. Oh, my God, John. And wall. Do you hear saying small, small and wall? He, it sounds. I mean, my, the first thing, I guess, obviously, maybe not by coincidence, that comes to mind is Grey Gardens. They, they sound, you know, yeah. that's your mom? Well, I mean, this is what my whole family sounds like. It's, what people, like I, it's not like I don't know what a Long Island accent sounds like. It's just that I never thought my family sounded like this until I heard these tapes. Small? It's almost like two syllables. Yeah. <laughs> is that, is, so that's your mom, and who's the kid talking? Is that you? Uh, that's my your sister. sister. I'm not okay. born yet in this way. Okay. Wow. Oh. Try, try the next one. This is my sister, okay. who also does not sound like this N- anymore. Name of person accent? Okay. Yeah. How old is she there? Yeah, you were. I think she's like maybe four, four, three or four. Oh, that is very funny. Oh, my God. 
Yeah, it's that's very distinct. You can and so this is one I think later in this one you can hear my sister present my present day sister going oh like because I don't know how she made this thing because I this is not my clip this is from her I think she must have been recording herself listening to herself and so you can hear, oh, uh, hear my so uh, my adult funny. sister like rolling her eyes at what she sounded like. <laughs> oh man, that is so wild and and so oh my god these are so great and then oh my gosh so wait a minute is the next one you. All right, so are you pick? Well, so here, so uh, listening to myself, the, there's a bunch of clips of myself from these things that I that I remember. Um, one of them is before I had an accent. I guess when you're too little, like I was, I was too small. Here, I was like, small. I don't know, if I was, yeah, two and a half or whatever. Yeah, because I was so small. <laughs> um, I'm gonna have to send you this one through messages because okay. I don't think I have it in the the Whatchamahosey. So this is me. Yeah, this is me at two and a half. Okay. This is a clip that my family brings up because of their misremembered or inter- reinterpretation of this. So listen to that. Okay, uh, stand by. John Craig, do you want to talk? Yeah. What are you going to say? Hi. What do you want to be when you grow up? A structure or a fireman. Wait, a, a what or a fireman? A construction man or a fireman? And what construction would you do man. If you were a construction man. You're so little. I'm fire. Hang on. But what would you do if you were a fireman? I will plant the fire. Put out the fire? Yeah. That's good. What would you do if you were a construction man? I would construct it. You would construct things? Yeah. <laughs> you would construct things. Your mom sounds so sweet, John. I love this. You want to be a fireman or a construction man? Yeah. Oh and so God. this this became family lore because it would say, why don't you do a fireman? You're going to put out the fire. What are you going to do if you're a construction man? Construction. <laughs> well, what I basically say is I would struck things and like, but that quickly was interpreted by my mother in real time saying, oh, you would construct things. I didn't know the word construct. I'm two and a half. Right. But that just became That's the joke. Of what, <laughs> yeah. yeah. What what do fire what do construction workers do? They struck things. Yeah. Oh I'm, I'm just gosh. deriving. I'm just deriving from the noun. I'm deriving the verb somehow. And this became. <laughs> Con- context clues yeah yeah but this became notable because not really an accent to speak of i mean i sound like a little kid right you know yeah, yeah. they got the little kid accent but not really much of a long island accent so now we can go back to the 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 general channel here okay um oh well if you want to hear uh, if you want to hear a christmas 1978 of what i wanted for christmas this is not an <gasps> accent thing but you can this is me as a little kid which one my priority straight this is uh oh, oh, oh so so um big, in the slack channel christmas 1978 john, john sample Okay, 10 seconds. What kind of presents do you think you might bring me? Very. What do you want him to bring? X-Wing Fighter. X-Wing Fighter. God. I mean, I, I had my priority straight in 1978, I can tell you that. Oh, you certainly did. I, I'm looking right now at my Lego X-Wing Fighter. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, John. I love that so. All right, so now let's, get, let's keep, keep scrolling down um, here. We're, 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 this is like, I feel like we're like shotgun and caviar. I want to spend so long with each one of these. All right. So go to down where it says, finally, my accent arrives. It's an 11 second clip. This is John accent. Dot MP3. Because it took because when you're little, you just sound like a little kid. Maybe you can pick right. up a little bit of an accent, oh, I see. but I'm mostly I see. Just, finally, my accent arrives. Stand by. Yeah. We can't, listen, we can't listen to it until you're talking to it. First do ABCs. You have to do ABCs or else you can't listen to it. It won't let you. I, wait, is that your sister talking? 
No, that's me. All right, so the little scree- screechy Wait. kid is my little brother. Wait, you're kidding. That was you? Yeah. My, bro- my brother's name is Michael. That's me saying, Michael, you can't listen to it. It won't let you. It won't let you. You suck. <laughs> So you're talking to you sound so smart. I mean, it's it's before my voice changed, obviously. So I got a high pitched voice, but you you can yeah, hear you're probably what, my, like 11, 12, something like that. Uh, maybe no. younger. I see. My, my brother, my brother is just born. Maybe he's he's just barely talking, so he's probably two ish. So I'm probably eight, oh, seven, eight. God. It's All right. so good. And so a little bit more of my accent. The next one is in uh, Michael John ABC. That's, this is me. This is me like playing with the hip recorder, getting my little brother to do things because he was willing to perform <laughs> okay. for me. All right, stand by. Michael, three and a half years old. Michael's going Whoa. to say his ABCs. Oh, whoa. Oh, want to say ABCs with me? Okay. Okay. Oh, my goodness. Okay. That's my first clipping, too, as a podcaster. It's the first time I clipped on Mike. You didn't. You didn't have. A, you didn't have your mute button set up yet. No. I mean, and then the final one is Frere Jaca. You can hear more of my accent on that one. He's going to sing Frere Jaca, a okay. song he learned in nursery school. Okay, okay Mike. Go, Michael. Frere Jaca. Oh my God. Wait, is, that's you speaking? Yeah. So, a song he learned in nursery school. That's you yeah, speaking. That's me. That's me. Do I sound like Ralph Macchio? Do I sound like I'm straight out of Goodfellas? My my, my well, mom and dad talk. So. <laughs> I don't mean this. I mean, what you sound like. There's that cliche about when little boys, before their voice changes, like everybody, like whether it's you know, Seinfeld or John Mulaney, you make the joke about answering the phone and somebody thinks you're, because you're old enough to have a sophisticated enough way of speaking, like, you know, cognitively, but your voice. I mean, it sounds like some kind of like soprano clarinet. So you sound <laughs> yeah. you sound like a like a young woman. Yeah, no, puberty puberty changes that. But you sound like a smart young woman, so you got that. Frere Jaca. Oh my and, god. And and for for myself, I knew that I used to have a thicker accent when I was a kid, for sure. But I but the big revelation for me is that my my whole family had a much thicker accent. My parents sounded so because I just have the memory of my parents like, oh, they always sounded like they do now. No, sure, not sure, true. sure. Not true at all. They my dad still has a little bit of his accent. You can still kind of hear it. But my mom mostly has gotten rid of she claims that when she comes back to Long Island that the accent comes back and it takes her a few days to shake it off, but not really. She is a bit of an accent imitator. So when she goes down south, she she starts speaking southern and you <laughs> keep know, her like away she, from Jamaica. Yeah, but she exactly that's exactly the problem she has. If she goes to England, she starts having a British accent like Madonna. Like it's, it's a oh problem. no, oh god, oh John, I love these. Please do send these if if you're comfortable doing it. So show them with uh, Jim because these are terrific. Yeah, I, I'll send I them just along, I don't I don't have enough of those things, and I love them so much. But you might they might be in your garage, so I you know find the tape and it could be they could be. It. But like that is so the arc of this one comes into the world, and you're a little kid, and you. Do you feel like your accent, as you say, <clears throat> your accent started to come in like in your late, like sort of like pre 10 year old sort of time, like eight, nine? I think as soon as I could talk, not like a little toddler. I think, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't have the tapes for that because there's a big gap, but what, why, what do you think? What do you think makes it not exist and then exist? Is it just exposure and repetition? It's because when you're a little kid, the main, the predominant thing that you notice about people's voice when they're a little kid is they talk like a little kid, like that they can't actually form the words, you know, all the, all the sort of sounds that little kids find difficult to make yeah. that 
that dominates your hearing of their voice. And once those sort of get straightened out, then you can hear their accent. That's my theory. But like there's a big gap, like there was recordings of me. One of the big things, one of the the popular tapes is uh, my mom did a recording of uh, she got me and my sister together and recorded her telling us that we're going to have a new sibling, that she's going to have a baby. Oh, my God, that's hilarious. And what's your response? Do you remember? It's not. I mean, she was way more into it than we are. Right. Because whatever. We don't care. Sure. <laughs> like we don't we don't know. what I mean, my, my sister knew what she was in for because she already had a new baby coming and everything. But I had <laughs> oh, this before. again. <laughs> yeah. But like my mother, for whatever reason, this is exactly how my mom is, was really into explaining to her children the machinery of like babies growing inside a person and being born. Well, if we're, if we're, like we're a pretty verbal family, perhaps not surprisingly. And the, um, Madeline would do the same thing. Madeline was always talking to our kid and like, and, and we, I mean, apart from the like, yeah, it's really good to talk to your kid. It's good for your kid to be exposed to books, all those different kinds of things. Like, you know, you don't have to ask us to be verbal. And so like, where you're constantly like talking about what you're doing right now and I'm cutting up the cucumbers and all that kind of stuff, you know? No, but she, but she was particularly fixed. Like, I would imagine that <laughs> explaining the, word, the baby inside of mommy's tummy. Yeah, part. Uh, no, I, w- I think that we heard the word uterus more before we were each two years old than most <laughs> normal children should. No, have. no, no, no. Just very clinical, Ugh. constant explanations of the child growing in there and the umbilical cord and the placenta and the birth canal. That's very wholesome, but ugh. it's very 70s hippie kind of thing. And yeah. And I, you know, we couldn't care less, like whatever, blah, blah, blah. Mom wants to record us on the thing. Well, you, you've you've indicated, I think, on more than your mom sometimes hears the show. And I would just like to say, I think that's delightful. And hey, John's mom, I, I think you did a really nice job. I'm sorry your son is the way he is for my own personal reasons. But oh, my God, that's so cool. It's so nice that you had. See, I never wanted siblings. It's like, I mean, I could count on one hand. The I mean, they didn't give me a choice. <laughs> well, I I get that. I get that. Um, and my mom had, you know, she had a real rocky time with, you know, trying to get pregnant, which she wanted more than anything in the world, and pfft, what she was stuck with. But you know, it's um, it's it's so neat to hear you. Like, first of all, like a pattern I'm sure you realize, but I would just like to call out as a single child. It's so sweet the way your sister is like leading little you and kind of directing little you and then the way that like slightly older little you is directing michael is directing your brother it's really it's really nice i was nicer to michael i was nicer to michael than she was to me i can send you some clips would would she agree with that your sister (laughs) yes i can send you clips of her yelling at me because i'm doing something wrong oh she's very very commanding older sister she was the oldest child so she's got to be she's in charge of everybody oh absolutely i mean i think that's again you don't get to choose you know that, that's the, that's yeah. a responsibility. It's a burden. That's her albatross. Uh, You're the, the albatross. Re- you do the that. The other thing I was reminded, so the little Christmas clip of me wanting an X-Wing fighter, they oh, also so asked my yeah. sister what she wanted. And I remember I remember the thing that she asked for. Holly Hobby? No. What she wanted, and this is right in line with my mom telling people about uteruses and telling oh, her kids God. all about uterus and growing Ooh. the baby. She wanted a doll that was popular in 1978 called Baby Alive. I remember it. It was a little spoon and it would go, yum, yum, yum. You feed it and then it pooped. Exactly. I think it, it, peed it ate and a little gelatin. Peed, it peed ate a little gelatin. Yeah, and then it came out into its little little, uh, little diaper. Yeah, a disgusting doll, but perfectly Horrible. in keeping with the way she was raised to be super into the specific bodily functions and names of things. <laughs> Just yeah. <laughs> well, who do, you, who do you blame for that? The system works. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so and then there's also Christmas morning. There's like us unwrapping everything, right? And I get Ugh. my X-wing fighter, and I'm excited about it. Is it the one where you press down the R2D2 to pop the wings? 
Uh, yes, I had um, I had exactly the same one. Yeah, that was the only one you get. It's nineteen seventy eight. You could put, put Luke. Uh, you know, you put Luke in there. You know, Luke, yeah. my Luke still has his lightsaber. Just so you know. There you go. Do you know how uncanny that is? I lost Han's blaster probably by New Year's. Oh, uh, yeah, mine were taken away because my parents wouldn't let us have guns, including oh, the ones that came with the Star Wars characters. Did they break off the lightsabers, or was that considered? No, because they, they couldn't. Yeah, they were just in there, and they were so. And they knew that they were going to come off eventually. First, you lose yeah. the skinny part, and then you lose the fat part. Yeah. <laughs> but but then but then when my sister got her baby alive, she screamed so loud, "Baby alive!" It was like the greatest moment of her life. Oh, uh, did she did she overdrive overdrive the mic? She was far away from it, so it was fine. But I was saying she was way more excited about Baby Alive than I was about my X Wing. Oh God, I love my X Wing fighter. I loved it so much. I loved R two D two so much. We might talk about a droid tonight. Um, I I still I love a droid. You know what I got here at the office now is I got uh, I, you know my H two SO four arrived. Mm. You know where where I because I was enjoying Andor so much, I went and uh, rewatched Rogue One. <sighs> it's a good movie. Better. Than, I, I think I said this to you. Well, actually, I said this to a mutual friend of ours that you can infer is that like my experience with especially, you know, the raft of newer Star Wars, like post, um, post uh, Revenge of the Lava Planet, whatever, all <laughs> the ones after that. Um, <laughs> as my kid and I used to say, oh man, um, he's having a bad day. <laughs> He loses his legs. He loses his arms. He loses his best friend. Uh-huh. Obi-Wan's got the higher ground. Uh, what is that? No, Re- Revenge of the Sith? Uh-huh. Something like that, right? Um, but you know, the thing about all those movies is you, I, I would go into those movies, first of all, so excited to get, I mean, I cried, getting to watch a Star Wars movie with my kid. I still have a video of the first time. Of course, I'm that guy. So I pulled out the flip camera and I have a video of my three-year-old in pony, like pigtails, sitting there, Reading, not reading, but like the crawl going by for the first time. I think I've seen this video. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, but the thing is, there's, I feel so much pressure for it to be great. I think, I think Dan Warren has talked about this. For some reason, when I think about the prequels, I, I think about, yeah, prequels. But I always think about Dan Warren because I feel like he articulates it so well. You know, when he talks about like how Dan ended up getting so into the soundtracks and stuff and about like, didn't he see um, the Phantom Menace like, like twice in a, the first day or something like that, or mm-hmm. three times. And each time he's like, that, ex- I, I really, I, I felt this, like where Dan comes out and he's like, little Dan comes out and goes, ah, it's, that was good, right? Like, I, I didn't, I love that, right? I, I, <laughs> and I know that feeling. We're like sitting through the JJ one that's the rough retelling of, you know, the 77 movie. I was like, this is really good. And I, I, I oh God, I love Ray. And I like the so Force much. The Force Awakens is good. What are you talking about? Yeah, but what I'm trying to say is it's difficult to enjoy as a film qua film. It's no, difficult. It it's difficult to enjoy as entertainment because I personally feel so much pressure about it. And it's like the time that I ate at French Laundry and the guy dropped a piece of bread and we all almost pooped ourselves because we were so scared about like, will the guy be, will Thomas Keller personally <laughs> kill the man? Um, so much pressure. Well, like Rogue One at the time, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it fine. I, I re I mean, and like even I've, I've, as I said to our mutual friend, I've even warmed up to Tarkin, you know, like now I can just watch the film for what it is without all that pressure. You and I are different, right? That's why we have a program. And I do feel pressure in those situations and then once i come back to it i go you know what that was good and i really enjoyed that as entertainment 
I remember the pressure for Force Awakens because it was so big because I, I like I had the naivete to not have that pressure going into The Phantom Menace because it just seemed like, of course, this is going to be good at Star Wars. Well, how could it be otherwise? Well, it's, well, it's George. It's like there's that song. There's this band. I think I've sent you this before. There's a wonderful pop band called um, Ultimate Fake Book. And um, they have this song and the chorus goes, uh, George Lucas is the force with us. Will it save me from heartache in 1998? original release and it was just basically a song about being a, a a nerd in an indie rock band who's super excited for a new star wars movie and I'm, I'm not trying to be that guy i'm not trying to be mean but like dude it's george lucas like george lucas is back and it's he's doing star wars and he's doing it his way and like so you you did you, you didn't feel that so, because so I, did, so I didn't feel any pressure for that but then force awakens i definitely felt the pressure because i had learned how badly things can go and there had been that long break at, between yeah. the prequels and The Force yeah. Awakens. So that was where I found the pressure. But my experience of watching The Force Awakens, which, by the way, I saw in the same theater as Dan Morin, uh, was Whoa. relief. Was relief. Wait, did Dan, Dan grow up in New York? No, Force Awakens. I lived in oh, Boston. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, okay, that... <laughs> I'm sorry. This you, is a, you dropped John, a couple decades. Uh, John, there. I'm unstuck in time. Listen, listen, yeah. listen, Colin. No, the, the Force Merlin Awakens, is, is, a, Force Awakens is a fixed point. Okay. But see, we are you saying it's quantum locked? Yeah. <laughs> We're rewatching Tenth Doctor episodes. Anyway, yeah. it's been a confusing time, John. This has been a very confusing time-related visit with you, and so my my brain is. You know, it's the way that one time my mom, mom and I were talking about Jesus, as you do. And we were talking about the actual, the dude and like how great Jesus is. And like, I try to tell my kid this, you know, a lot about religion sucks, but Jesus was a pretty cool guy. He's a really good guy. And he like did a lot of stuff that we could all learn from. And I got so involved in this conversation at the end of the conversation. It should go on our list. I said, whatever happened to Jesus? And my mom kind of made this face. Mm. <laughs> I'm like, all right. <laughs> oh, the thing, the thing over the table in, in the sanctuary. There's the thing that says this do in remembrance of me. And then there's, there's a, so, you know, we don't have a dude on ours. We've just got the wood. We just bring the wood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, but you don't have to have the debate. My, my time's confused. So you saw, so you go into it and this is 1999. God, I remember the programmers, the cold fusion program. There's this one guy, Lenny and Lenny was, <laughs> I'm Lenny. <laughs> this is Carl. I'm Lenny. Um, Lenny was uh, real into it. Like, I think he had dolls like before it came out, you know? I think he had Darth Maul. And I know there was some kind of a promotion involving Pepsi products. And he had his collection of cleaned out, beautifully arranged, mostly Mountain Dew cans, like all lined up. And if you Nerf balled, if you Nerf balled his Star Wars cans, he got real peeved. And he would go in and talk to Richard about it. Yeah, you don't want to dent those. <sighs> Well, I mean, they're collector's items, you know? Uh-huh. 